Jet Bowling is a proud sponsor for Above180.com. Want your score to soar with a new Jet Altitude or any other great ball in the current lineup? Go to www.jetbowling.com, enter coupon ABOVE180, and listeners can get a great discount. Jet Bowling, taking your game to maximum altitude. Looking for some added competition? Having a hard time finding a tournament in your area? Tired of all the added expenses in traveling to a tournament? VirtualTournaments.com was designed to allow bowlers to use their league scores towards a national tournament. VirtualTournaments.com has multiple divisions available, along with brackets and high-game side pots. Visit VirtualTournaments.com today for information. VirtualTournaments.com. Real bowlers, real scores, real money. Above180.com. Taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Jeff Riggles. Jeff was inducted into the USBC Hall of Fame in 2011 for outstanding USBC performance. Jeff is one of the members of the Turbo 2-in-1 Groups team, which won the USBC Open last year in Reno. Make sure you check out Jeff's work at 11thframe.com. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Are you enjoying the Wisconsin spring, even though our spring began about three or four weeks sooner than normal? Spring? Isn't this summer? (laughs) <laughs> this is well, unbelievable. <laughs> we did have an 80-degree day. I think it was 20 degrees warmer here one day uh, compared to L.A., which is nice to see. Yeah, actually, in Madison, I, as my job at the at the newspaper, I, I edit the weather story that our reporter writes every morning. And we've had four, I believe, 80-degree days in Madison. I know Milwaukee's been a little cooler because of the lake breezes, but we've set records. Nine of, eight, or, eight of the last nine days going into Thursday, I believe it was. It was, And it's been over 80 like four times. I don't know how you're doing where you are, Tim, but, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's, you know, golfing and, you know, convertibles are out and shorts and the girls in the hall. I have to mow my lawn. It's, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm fighting turning off. I'm fighting having to turn on the air conditioner. It's been so warm down here. So it's been in the mid mid 80s in, in Washington D.C. for about the last week. Jeff, I want to begin by talking about in February you moved to 11thframe.com. So just talk about that move and, and kind of the flexibility that that now gives you to uh, to write bowling stories and, and continue to follow and cover bowling. Well, there were a lot of reasons behind it, um, but but part of it was just so I could kind of have a little more freedom. Being part of the the site of Capital Newspapers, the State Journal and the Cap Times here in Madison, I had to be a little more tied into the to the you know norms of traditional journalism and um, writing for a wider audience and a little less jargon and couldn't have quite as much fun. And I think what you'll see if you've been following when I've moved over, I. I I pretty much quickly started writing a little more, you know, bowling, you know, stuff for serious bowlers in the way that I wrote them. You know, I'm not worried about if somebody doesn't understand a word I write, because um, I think most anyone that's going to my site now is a bowler, a pretty serious bowler, or, or wants to be one, and knows a lot of the stuff, and, and I can just write a little more. Plus, I'm a little more free to write what I want to write and not worry that the boss... You know, a boss that looks at it might think, hey, that's a little on edge or something like that. You know, this is my site. This is 
you know, my baby, and I'm the only one standing behind it. And if if something someone doesn't like what I write, then that's between me and them, and I don't have to answer to anybody. So I feel a little more free to to just write exactly what I think and exactly what I believe, and and uh, maybe not avoid anything that I might have avoided on the other site. And uh, like ball reviews, I couldn't do on the other site because that fell under you know ethical guidelines. I'm on the storm staff and if I'm reviewing a storm ball the newspaper just didn't you know that that that's that's a no-no um even with full disclosure that pretty much was a no-no and here you know I I'm everyone knows the truth and if you don't like my review or think it's because storms paying me then you know too bad I don't really care um I'm just out there providing information and you can make make what you want out of it and uh I don't hide anything and and it's, if anyone doesn't know that I'm on the staff I mean it's all there on the site so you know I'm I'm providing full disclosure as much as I can and, and you can make what you want of my info and Jeff a few weeks ago you had a, a post that you had put you guys are having were having Having little trouble trying to figure out how you're going to play the lanes this year. You're seeing com- some conflicting reports. Some people playing, you know, saying the showcase lanes play the same. Some people saying they play completely different. Have you guys ironed out uh, your team strategy moving forward? Well, we have a practice session game plan, and we're having a practice session the first weekend of April. Um, so we kind of have an idea of what we're thinking we're going to do. Um, and we're going to test it in that practice session day um, with uh, probably, I mean, we don't obviously have Shady and Faulkner being that they're in other states, but I think we're going to have eight of our ten guys and two others filling in. So we're going to have ten people, and we're going to go after it the way we think we would go after it if we were going to bowl tomorrow in Baton Rouge. Now, Richter's, it's at Steve Richter's place in Sheboygan Falls, and he thinks he has the pattern down fairly close to what's out there considering, obviously, different lane surfaces. So if things go the way we think, they're going to go then that's probably then that's what we're going to do and the wild card is if we see something you know totally totally different in that practice session that doesn't uh work with what we think you know it's boy i've never had a year quite this confusing yeah it's jeff you know fear of the unknown uh, definitely gets a hold of this year's tournament uh you know less volume shorter pattern brand new surface uh will your team be experimenting say exclusively with surfaces or paying closer attention to layouts or or staying close attention to uh, as the transition occurs are you going to shell down or make two-in-one moves i mean there's a lot of different ways you can attack it and i'm curious do you attack practice sessions differently with one intent in mind at a time well, I think what we're going to do is, obviously, we're going to have a couple of pairs set up. And on one pair, when we practice, we're going to do one lane with a certain surface of ball, I think probably 1,000s, and then the other lane with 2,000s. Um, everybody's going to do that. So we're going to effectively have on one pair of lanes two experiments going at the same time. And <clears throat> I think that uh, we're most likely, you know, it's easier for us, everyone should couch this, when I when they hear what I'm saying, that we're pretty low, we're old, generally older, far lower rev rates than a lot of people today, and a lot of what we do and what what people see us do, uh, a guy with a 450, 500 rev rate just simply physically can't do that because their ball is so much stronger than us old geezers who are you know 275, 300, three and a quarter. So keep that in mind when I say what I'm saying. But I think for us, it's more about getting you know some some drier area made outside because that's where we intend to play around five, which I think is 
pretty much the way to go at it from what we've heard and seen. And and then for us, it's um, we don't want to get way left and go around it because we can't get way left and go around it. We just don't have the rev rate. So I think our idea is that we will be um, balling down. And I have no we don't really have any idea on the drillings and what's going to work um, for us. And I don't think you can have that idea because you just have to react to what's out there that way. I mean, obviously, you probably want to start with pin down because you don't want the ball going long and sideways. But when we talk about balling down, we're not 100% sure if that balling down means going up in surface to, you know, from 1,000 to 2,000 to 4,000 to shiny or and or also going from lower pins to higher pins or what. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, changing on the fly, I think, in Baton Rouge and communicating. And we like that because I think it's the strength, the brains and the communication is probably our best strength. It certainly isn't the reverated power. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and I agree with that, Jeff. And, you know, looking at the pattern, and, and I've practiced on it a few times in, in both our league and some practice sessions, it doesn't appear as though you need as much surface as possibly some years back. You know, our interpretation is 2,000 to, to maybe a rough buff type polish could work on the fresh. But the drilling pattern could be quite a bit different than years past in that we don't need as much help from the ball or the core as that ball leaves the pattern, especially playing outside angles. You know, balls that right. can kind of read that mid lane and hook stop or kind of lay off on the back oftentimes allows you to keep that break point in front of you more. And, uh, you know, so again, it's a different strategy with layouts. You, you take your favorite leak ball and it's going to be more long and strong. You can't play that line as easy. My thought is... Well, Maybe a six-inch pin on an asymmetric, like a Vivid. And I believe you, you mentioned in one of your reviews you had one with the pin in your middle finger, which is the left finger. And I think that kind of layout and roll could match up, especially on the fresh. Have you tried that yet or not? Well, I have not. The only two times I've bowled on the pattern were in tournaments. Um, and I don't put much credence into either of those situations because I think there was a lot of house memory there. And from what I saw, it just didn't jive with anything going on that I've heard or seen from Baton Rouge. Steve, on the other hand, when he's done it, he's been stripping multiple times before he puts the pattern down and has it much closer. And everything you just said is what he's seeing more of. And that's it. And, and that kind of goes normally with an outside shot. When I'm bowling on Cheetah, I'm not ever using strong pins to start with because you've got all that, um, you know, I mean, it's a 39-foot fat pattern, but with the drop brush and stuff, I've tried to tell people that I think of it as maybe a 36 to 34-foot pattern um, just because of the way the oil is applied and, and the way people are playing outside. And when you have that, you're talking 20 to 25 feet of, of hook. And when you've got that much hook area, you don't want your ball going sideways off the end of the oil line or, you know, it's you're going to either have to get your angles way too steep or your ball's going to be diving left through the face or even Brooklyn. You want a ball that exits the oil line smoothly, um, whether you do that with surface or all, and or drilling and that's that's what we're looking at, and especially I've always been a theory apply or, or subscribe to the theory that I want a ball that gives me the most control that still strikes, and I don't want to see my ball hooking sideways as, unless that's absolutely necessary. So I'm always looking to go as straight as I can 
still assuming that it still strikes because you're going to get less designer splits and stuff doing that and the harder the pattern i think that applies even more so you know we're going to go out there and and sort of pull defensively in a sense the first five frames or so and and hopefully we'll be in position where we can run down the, the all the pins we need in the last couple of games great stuff again with jeff regos here five-time eagles champion turbo two-in-one team champion from last year jeff joining us today on the above180.com podcast jeff I want to get you to hold the line for one second we're gonna take a break and on the other side i want to see what your uh, thought is and reaction is to a lot of a lot of centers these days try to put out the usbc open pattern some of them get it close like up at steve richter's place in sheboygan falls some of them not so close want to get your thoughts on that uh, that's uh, coming up next on the above180.com podcast Looking to shoe up against the best in our sport? The Proprietors Cup is a true megabuck tournament. It takes place in Dayton, Ohio, July 12th through the 15th. If you think you have what it takes to compete against the best in the industry, then listen to this. The Ace Mitchell All-Star Team Challenge is a place where your five-man team can prove it and win $10,000. Here's how it works. Go to www.proprietorscup.com to fill out an entry blank. The singles event is slated for July 14th, and due to high demand, a women's and senior Megabucks tournament has been added. Check out their Facebook page and click like. Again, the website, proprietorscup.com, for all the details. This is Lee from BowlerX.com. If you're looking for the best prices and service after the sale on the Internet for bowling balls, shoes, bags, and accessories, come check out BowlerX.com. We carry products from all the major manufacturers. All in-stock orders ship out to you the same day. And best of all, we ship your items fully insured for free. That's right. We don't charge for shipping on any item we sell. Look for BowlerX.com at the 2012 USBC Open Championships in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In conjunction with the event, we will be awarding one lucky winner with a $500 gift certificate, good for anything we carry. Simply go to www.BowlerX.com between February 10th and June 30th, 2012, to register. We'd also like to congratulate John Tassano of Seabeck, Washington, who was the winner of our $750 Brunswick Arsenal giveaway. John walked away with four high-performance balls from Brunswick and a KR Strike Force four-ball roller bag. BowlerX.com is the online bowling superstore and a proud sponsor of Above180.com. We're back. Tim Berg, Joe Serrar here. Jeff Riggles, five-time Eagles champion, joining us on the show today. Uh, check out all of Jeff's uh, great work at 11thframe.com. A lot of houses all over the United States try to mimic the USBC open pattern. They say they're laying it down. They, they do their best to put it down, so I will give them credit for that. And usually, you're not bowling on your typical house pattern, so there is some difference to what people are mostly used to. But do you think that a house, like you said, Steve... Steve is smart. Steve gets it. Steve knows how to, to take away the characteristics of that house pattern. But do you think that a lot of pat, a lot of places are, are smart enough, I guess, have lane men smart enough to do that so that people, and obviously when you go out to these events, you have to just use it as an idea. You shouldn't go out there and think what you're bowling on is exactly the same. But do you think enough places, to, you know, by laying down the pattern, does it actually help bowlers? Well, if you lay down the pattern and it plays completely different than what, 
person is going to see when they go to Baton Rouge or whatever the site is, and they go there with this exact game plan and are, you know, have the wrong thoughts in their head, I don't think that that's a benefit, um, especially if they get so locked into that game plan that then they panic when they see something different and et cetera. Um, I really think the key when you're bowling on this pattern, and I know the centers that do it in Madison are also doing this too, is to do a full strip of the lane before you strip an oil, and that try to take as much of that house memory off as you can. I know Steve said when we have our team practice thing, he's going to strip it like three times before he does the actual oiling because um, he wants that lane to be as pure as a brand-new lane, obviously, I'm not counting the wear and tear, but he doesn't want any house memory down there at all. And that's the best way you can get to that. And I know the two tournaments I bowled in, I mean, it was, we could go on for 15 minutes with me explaining it, but just just say that I walked away from that thinking I didn't learn anything here that's going to do me any good um, for Baton Rouge. And I feel for people who either don't get to ever bowl on the pattern or perhaps bowl on the pattern in a house that uh, does it without giving you a fair representation of what's out there. And nobody's going to get it exact. Steve isn't going to get it exact. The showcase lanes aren't exact from the way I've heard from many, many, many people. So, you know, you you got to have that open mind but and, and be ready to adjust when you hit the lanes. And you just have to hope you can find a place that will, will do what it can to get as close as it can. Well, and I, I bring up the point because I ran into that exact scenario where I bowled on it at, at one place. Then went and bowled on it again at a different place. And what I watched, what I bowled the first time and watched what I saw on the streams and everything didn't really look like what 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 they were bowling on a representation. I go and bowl last weekend up at a place that I know they put out good sport patterns and they're usually consistent and it was completely different. So that's why I bring that up. And we're actually going to do this weekend the same thing that you guys are doing, getting as many of our crew as we can. I think we're getting our, at least six or eight of our guys and we're going to try to break down the lanes because that's the other thing. People go and practice and you go and practice either by yourself or you go with just a couple of your buddies and you don't see carry down because you don't have enough line you know, games on, on the lanes. So that also, I think, could maybe lead to some false sense of security like you said or people in their comfort zone and then not being able to to change your game plan uh, people should go backwards review what you just said and hear that 25 times if it takes it to put it into your head because if you go practice by yourself or with one or two other people and throw a few shots you know a couple of games on the pattern you'll learn what they are in practice and what they are at the start of the first game, but it's not the same as getting out there with a group of people and trying to recreate 10 minutes of breaking down the lane and practice, whatever you're going to do, and then executing a game plan that you have in mind with a group of people. Um, that is representative of what's going to happen in team event, and that is going to give you a good idea. Um, it's, it's still good to go out there and practice on the pattern and get an idea, but you have to keep in mind that one or two people doing it at the, you know, bowling a couple games on it, do the math on how many games that is compared to 10 people bowling, you know, the tournament. And then you're, you're 100% on that. You know, Jeff, I went to a uh, Kegel sponsored seminar up uh, with Steve Richter back in, uh, I think it was two years ago up in Sheboygan. And they talked about oil depletion. Typically after one game of bowling, 50% of the oil is removed from the pattern. Does, uh, does that come into the equation when you guys try and read lane conditions and, and make your adjustments and moves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it all comes down to today's game is to, to using your brains as much as your physical ability. It's not, you know, 30 years ago where you could 
you know, bring your yellow dot or your white dot and pretty much the shot that you started with on the day in a, in a three-game tournament or something or four-game, you, you weren't going to move very much. You weren't going to have to think. If you were locked in, you had it for the day. If you weren't, you better change your wrist a little bit or try a couple things. And if you didn't, it's not like the lanes were going to change 15 boards and you were going to find something or the guy that's crushing them was going to have to make an adjustment to stay ahead of you. It's, it's the game today is what's there in the first frame isn't there in the third frame isn't there in the fifth frame certainly isn't there in the second or third game and people have to realize that they're going to have to make adjustments balls lines releases um through a three-game team event series for sure but even in doubles and singles and they're going to have to really realize that every shot you throw influences the shots that follow and especially what you do when the lane is fresh plays a huge part in what's going to be out there in the third game. And that's why team game planning and team execution is so crucial. If you play all over the lanes, boy, you're screwed um, when it comes to that second and third game. And when you do what we do every year and, and sacrifice a little bit, you know, like the batter putting down a bunt to advance the runner to second, it, not always comfortable. We've had some some tough starts, but we know that if we do that correctly, then you know we're setting things up to give ourselves the best opportunity the the last couple of games. And it's a three game set. It's not necessarily that you're going to try to to play the absolute perfect line to throw the most strikes the first three frames of the tournament. And I think a lot of people do not understand that concept, and a lot of people do not understand how crucial it is to have ten people working together. And or, or they understand that, but they can't find ten people that will work together. So, so Jeff, as your group, uh, your two teams go down to Baton Rouge. Do you set up a schedule? Because uh, again, I, I know you're approaching fifty, and you know your physical capabilities. You know your youth is not there. Let's say from five or ten or twenty years ago. <laughs> so, have you adjusted your schedule into how many different events you bowl prior to the USBC Open tournament, as well as how many? events you bowl after, still allowing you some free time to maybe visit a boat? Um, well, I truly have, I mean, I, I basically have found that my schedule is best when I bowl one, maybe two if we're there two days in advance, but I bowl one event, maybe like a one, two, three, or a BTM, uh, and if we bowl team event on Friday night, I'll bowl that Friday morning, and that's it. I my my wrist simply the rest of my body can take it. I'm in better shape than most people that are 25. I'm a total gym rat, but my wrist simply after three operations and everything can't take. I couldn't bowl like I did when I was 22 years old or 25 years old and bowl, you know, three sets of bowlers journal doubles, before, you know, and and then hurry to the lanes to bowl team event and then go back the next day and bowl more before we bowled minors. We used to do that. I I can't, my wrist can't take that. Last year my wrist was pretty bad in minors and all I had bowled was a Thursday afternoon BTM and Friday morning I was kind of stiff and sore and I didn't bowl Friday morning when everybody went and did the one two three I just said man I'm I'm not feeling good guys with the wrist and it helped in team that night and but even Saturday boy I was really in bad shape for minors and I did make one huge change about six months ago I quit wearing a brace when I worked out lifted weights and amazingly, I kind of took that as a chance. Uh, you know, Doc would probably have disagreed with that, but my, I felt like my wrist had gotten weak, and I needed to exercise it more. And 
I don't knock on wood, but my wrist has gotten tons stronger in the last six months, and it's felt better day to day when I bowl multiple days in a row. So I'm a little more confident. I'm not going to risk it in, in Baton Rouge and bowl a whole bunch, but uh, I'm I, I'm in good shape, I think, for when the senior stuff starts, and i got to maybe bowl three or four days in a row. I think I have a chance now. I've, I've made it better. And your other question, I have never bowled an event once the USBCs or ABC tournament is done. When I'm done with that, I'm usually so mentally cashed that bowling the next day or whatever, plus we're usually heading home. So I have never done that, and I don't anticipate that I ever will. <laughs> Jeff, you, you guys, uh, your team, and you guys have, you yourself have won five Eagles. Talk about what it takes for a team. You guys won it last year. You guys had a game plan going in. What is, I know you hit on one key, which was you guys all communicate and you work the lanes together. What's one other thing for maybe a young team that's, that's trying to aspire to win an Eagle? Uh, what can they take with them to Baton Rouge that will help them improve their scores from last year and really just get to where you guys are? Well, I, I think you need to be patient and you can't panic. You have to, if you have a game plan and then what you see on the lanes is within the parameters of that game plan, then you have to say, okay, we're going to stick it out. I will always go back to my team, my teams in Reno in 2010. We had 967 the first game. We discussed a lot whether our game plan was right or what was going on, and we came to the conclusion that we were just throwing it like crap. Um, that was the worst game I've ever seen Mike Shady Bowl at the national tournament. Um, Gail didn't throw it real good. None of the five of us threw it good, and the, the other team as well. And But we thought we were doing it right, and it was a matter of, look, just keep fighting, do what we can, and we're doing the right thing. And if we ever get loose, who knows what might happen. And the middle of the, about like four frames into the second game, we were still in poor shape, still under, and we ended up, you know, with a rally that was one for the ages with uh, like 11.70, 11.60 the last two and actually took the lead, although I know it ended up like 14th. But that that was with the worst game we may have ever bowled at, at Nationals' first game. But we, we discussed among ourselves and decided we were doing the right thing and we were going to stick with it and we didn't panic and abandon it. And we just, you know, we just stuck with it. And if you think you have the right game plan and it's and it's doing what you think it should do, then you just have to be patient because you're the start of team event at Nationals. You have so much adrenaline. The lanes are tight. You're not loose. You just have to be patient and, and stick with it and know that uh, it's a three-game grind. It's uh, you know, a three-game marathon is what I call it. And, and every, every shot in there counts, and you just have to make what you can until you get relaxed and loose. Jeff Riggles again joining us. For more on Jeff's blog and and uh, check out eleventhframe.com. Jeff, we're going to have to have you back because this just uh, we didn't even get to half the stuff we wanted to. But because um, <laughs> I talk so much when I get going. But it's all very insightful, and this is stuff that's going to help bowlers. This is what people want to hear right now. We're right in the, the crunch time when everyone's getting ready. They're either you know they go to the USBC April and May, and the end end of March is is really uh, prime time for folks to head to, to the Baton Rouge. So. Thank you for joining us, taking some time today out of your, your very busy day. Uh, but, Jeff, we are going to have you back again soon. I will be happy to get, come back anytime you guys want me. And, and, Jeff, I'd like to thank you as well and uh, wish your team luck and also congratulate you on your you know, crusade you've had, say, the last few years getting uh, the minor events to be on Fresh Fresh. Uh, congratulations. It's being done. 
Yes, uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and I know there are some people that don't really like that, but for the integrity of the tournament and the competition for the Eagles, it's the greatest thing the United States Bowling Congress has ever done, in my opinion. I don't want to take credit for anything there. This was in the works long before me. If I take any credit, it's for maybe uh, informing enough people of, of what was going on to make it easier for the USBC to make this decision. But I, I didn't start this, but hopefully maybe I, I eased the path for them. And, and I, I think you helped push it along the way, and uh, I think that's what they needed to, to hear it from the, the right players and some quality players with with Eagles, and uh, and again, it's a good thing for the sport and adds even more integrity. And I hope you guys keep on winning. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. We're gonna try for Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Jeff Riggle. Good luck and good bowling.